this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to another edition of the in focus podcast i am your host jee sampath prime minister narendra modi said earlier this month that india will leave no stone unturned in its bid to host the 2036 olympics while india has hosted major multinational multidiscipline sports events before the commonwealth games of 2010 and the asian games of 1982 come to mind the olympics is of an altogether different order of magnitude several questions pop up as india aspires to host the olympics how does the bidding process work what are the costs likely to be can india afford those costs and what is the scale of infrastructure that india would have to create in order to be able to pull this off we discuss all this and more in this episode of in focus and we have with us rakesh rao deputy sports editor at the hindu rakesh thank you so much for joining us thank you for your time thank you sampath for having me on the show it's always a pleasure uh, rakesh uh, to start with can you uh, quickly take us through the bidding process uh, for hosting the olympics how does it work and by which year before how many years before the event does it get decided who will host for example for the 2036 olympics will it be by 2025 2028 how does this work yeah see first of all uh, we should know this after the, i mean just around the end of the paris games which is say about you know, like one year from now and uh, for that there are a good number of uh, people in contention already so before we uh, you know start assuming that the 36 games belong to us uh, let's just take a quick look at what we are what what kind of competitions we can face from which uh, countries so you have already mexico indonesia turkey poland egypt korea china qatar hungary germany italy denmark canada and chile now these are the countries who are, who are already in contention now out of which how many people actually make it we don't know uh make it i mean you know like when i say that how many countries make it i mean to to the final round so for that uh, there is uh, i mean you already have a committee which actually decides but uh, you know i mean it is a little complex in that sense because uh, before you before you reach that stage where you are in contention once you show your interest uh, there are there are two committees of the ioc which will be in constant contact with the with the with the with the noc which is the national olympic committee of the host association or the potential host of the olympic games so a lot of a lot of you know uh, ideas are exchanged uh, that committee also sees whether whether you are genuinely interested what kind of market do you have how economically strong you are or uh, will uh, and also will you be able to deliver uh, a games which is in keeping with the high tradition and the you know the sheer size of the games so it doesn't come easy and in a lot of countries we have seen that initially they show interest but if there is a change in those who are you know like running the country that also makes a huge difference because uh, subsequent uh, governments need not have the same kind of interest or the priority so a lot of these names that i have already mentioned they may not be in contention 12 uh, in another years time but a lot of them 
knowing that, okay, the cost of the games are going to be exorbitant. And uh, potentially, it's a loss-making preposition. If you look at purely at, at the numbers, uh, uh, I don't think, uh, barring, the, uh, barring the Atlanta games, I think, and the Los Angeles games, uh, you know, we have seen countries uh, showing that they have made anything because we really don't know the real numbers, to be very honest with you. The projected numbers show that uh, subsequently all the countries, be it, uh, you know, Japan last time, uh, then, you know, like Beijing in, 20, uh, in uh, 2008. And uh, I mean, a lot of these Asian countries, when you see, none of them have made profits. Uh, Rakesh, we will come to the cost uh, subsequently. So, coming back to the bidding process, I was just wondering, I mean, earlier there used to be this competitive uh, bidding process where you go and make a presentation, your competitors, your rivals go and make their presentations and then, uh, you know, there is a competitive uh, element there and then the, the best presentation or best... Uh, yeah, those days are long gone. Those are now gone, right? So now, like, what was the logic behind uh, replacing that? What is the process now? Now it's supposed to be more collaborative and so on. Yeah. Previously, what happened that that there was a time like if you if you if you just look at what happened in 1996. I mean, for the 1996 games, Athens was considered to be a nation where it should have gone by the popular choice because they said that's the hundredth year of the Olympic Games. Because we all know that it started way back in 1896. So they said, let's have the 100th edition of the, I mean, the 100th, uh, 100th year of the game at the same place where it all started. But then uh, in the US, I mean, from the US, in fact, there was so much of pressure, the corporate pressure that it went to Atlanta. And uh, since the 2000, uh, 2000 games were already given to Sydney, uh, 2004 went to Athens. So the point was that there is a lot of corporate pressure also. But then uh, they all realized that this way, uh, you know, other countries won't be able to uh, be in the race. So just to make it a little simpler, you know, as we as we look at it now, there is something called the future host commissions. There's, so you have two of them. They are the ones who look at the, uh, I mean, they are the ones entrusted with the job of uh, carrying out the election process. Now, what happens is that, uh, uh, now it, you know, it is it is their job to uh, recommend it to the IOC executive uh, board uh, to to begin what they call as a targeted dialogue. That means you you see that there is there is a country which is capable of hosting both the summer games as well as the winter games. Okay, so that is how it all starts. That's the first stage. Then anybody who is interested, saying that look, we would like to host it. And then at the end of it, there is a detailed report from these committees, the, the future post commissions to the IOC executive board, saying that this is what we see in a particular country. So it's not just that you can just show show them, you know, that, okay, we can we we have the numbers and we can post it. No, it doesn't, it doesn't go like that. You are constantly monitored by these two committees before the decision is actually taken. So the impression carried by the two commissions that play a major role in influencing the voters. Now, when the voting is eventually held, the, the host nations, I mean, anybody who is, who is in the hunt, their representative is not supposed to vote. So he sits out of the, uh, you know, the entire, uh, you know, the physical voting part of it. And uh, then, of course, uh, the, the country that gets maximum votes gets it. Right. And... Uh... There are also like uh, many guarantees that the host have, has to give to the International Olympic Committee uh, in order for the host 
guarantee rights to be awarded right can you talk a little bit about what kind of guarantees would say india have to give if if india is sort of serious about uh, getting and winning the bid see first of all uh, you know if we take the paris games which will be held next year if we just take that as an example now there uh, the kind of guarantees that they had to give it was not just the uh, you know just the french government which had to do it it is like french government has invited 96% i repeat 96% participation of the private sector that means a lot of things have been given to the private sector and that has been projected to the ioc that look it's not that we are doing it these are the companies they have the they have the know how they have the resources to meet the standards set by the ioc so not every government just does everything on its own so when we say indian government is doing it yes the principal responsibility or the main responsibility the primary responsibility rests with the indian government but that in turn is handled by people who are hardcore professionals and that is where when you look at uh, paris which has as many as 96% as much as 96% so that gives you an idea what kind of partnership it has it's putting in only 4% of its resources rest is handed over to them and now that in turn impresses the ioc because they also understand that a government cannot be spending taxpayers money in hosting these you know these games which can which can run into millions and sorry billions of dollars of you know euros or billions of you know like uh, billions of us dollars so what i'm trying to say here is that the cost is humongous that that normally a nation cannot afford because it because there's no guarantee of you getting it back but once the once the committees of the ioc once they zero in on all these aspects and when they when they take a close look at it and when they recommend uh, to the ioc uh, ioc members then you realize that okay now this country is ready to host it because the numbers that we are seeing and it also has the time to do it because you get ample time to host the games now uh, we know that uh, the 2024 games are going to be held in paris 28 in los angeles and then uh, you know 2032 games that has already been uh, allotted so what we are trying to see here is that nations get ample time so at the time of getting the games you have to project certain thing that this is how we are going to do it and also some of these fundings will come from the sale of tickets so you start the sale of tickets pretty early and as and when you sell you know as as and when the sale takes place even that money is used for building infrastructure if the need be so that comes under the under under the organizational cost so it is not that you have to straight away start spending from your pocket or any company begins to start spending so uh, i mean it's a, it's a very long drawn thing i mean i can just go on and on right right Th- thank you for that uh, rakesh i mean that that sort of gives a gives an idea of the process at hand i was just wondering uh, you spoke earlier about uh, the scale of the event and it is unlike uh, every other kind of event india has hosted in the past so just uh, with regard to say the number of athletes officials when I mean, one heard uh, with regard to the previous olympics i think tokyo olympics they had like 40 plus venues and 80000 uh, visitors and uh, i don't know how many countries and tourists like what is the scale we are looking at in terms of all these numbers uh, visitors and so on like see uh, for example if you look at look at the look at the uh, you know venues that can be anything between 35 to 45 
you're hosting a very high percentage of games. I mean, uh, the very high percentage of, you know, like events there. Plus, if you look at the number of athletes, it's not just the athletes. I'm talking about athletes come to uh, those uh, people who are actually accompanying. So I'm just looking at the contingents, which will have officials, it will have support staff and so on and so forth. That number is close to 20,000. That alone will be about 20,000. And this is after IOC has made repeated efforts uh, to, to keep the number, uh, you know, well within, uh, I mean, like well within reasonable uh, kind of you know, limits. Because they keep talking about the size of the games becoming bigger. So what they do is they remove a few spots, they add a few instead of keep on adding adding these numbers. So that's why a lot of events have been replaced by some other events. So the point is they are still trying to accommodate in terms of number of games, number of uh, events. Plus, at the same time, they don't want to leave a, a lot of people out. So they say, okay, we will see how the response is. If the spectator response is less, then they tell those guys, okay, we are not including your event anymore. We'll just see if the game grows globally, then we can always add it again. So here we are looking at athletes, as I said, about, I mean, the Games Village is going to accommodate some 20,000 people or even more, depending on the fact that we are looking at something which is 13 years from now. Uh, and then uh, you look at the, you know, the media. Almost the media is almost the same number of, uh, you know, athletes. So it's, it's like if you have 20,000 uh, uh, people who are taking part in these games as participants or officials, you'll have an equal number from the media that is as large as that. So you have 40,000 people just being there for the games and these are essential part of the games. We haven't even spoken about the tourists. Now, the tourists, the tourism is something that every you know potential host is looking at because from that's where revenue comes from. Now, to host millions of i'm i'm looking at millions of uh, people coming in there it's not a small number and especially if you look at india because it has so much to project in terms of what it has you know culture heritage so many spots to see and so i mean it's such a rich history so that will be a huge opportunity for india to showcase what it actually has and a lot of people believe that india as a nation hasn't really optimized its you know, I mean, it's potential as as it can. I mean, whatever that it can offer to a tourist, we haven't. We are a long way off. But the point is, when we are looking at Olympic Games, you have to make it comfortable for the tourists. Like Rakesh, you spoke about uh, you, you spoke about the number of athletes uh, and their support staff plus journalists being forty thousand and millions of tourists we are looking at. So uh, I was just looking at some of the numbers for uh, no, Rio and so on. And they, they, I mean, those kinds of cities generally have about like, you know, 30, 40,000 hotel rooms. And even Paris, which has the world's highest number of hotel rooms, only has, has had to increase, build new uh, accommodation. So Delhi, for instance, Delhi plus Gurgaon have about 26,000 hotel rooms only. So how do we, I mean, if you're holding it in one city, how will we increase uh, the number of hotel rooms, for instance, or accommodation of whatever kind. And what happens to these rooms, additional accommodation, once the games are over? Like, how does this thing work? See, what you do is, if you if you look at, uh, you know, how, how you know, like Australia, Australia handled it earlier. And they are the ones who are going to host it again in, in July 2032. So, what, they have, what you do is, you have temporary structures. You don't necessarily, you know, build concrete stuff. Only... For the games because that that costs a lot and you may not be able to get the value for it now for example if you look at uh, if you look at tokyo because of covid how it suffered 
that made i mean they appealed to the residents of tokyo to offer bed and breakfast to people and they were all allowed to uh, to maintain certain standard so that those rooms could also be used by the res- i mean you know those those who were the residents of tokyo were offered a deal and that un- that somehow it didn't work because a lot of people complained to the fact that the that the footfalls were so low because of covid and uh, other things so they suffered so but here in a country like india where we expect people to come because they know that we are wonderful hosts anywhere in the world you go and talk in the sporting arena they say an india hosts anything nobody talks about india's poverty india's economy the state of economy and so on and so forth because when it comes to being good hosts of an international event india is second to none but the point here is that how how are you going to accommodate yes we have the space we have the people we have the hands to help so all these things do do help and they do influence Uh, rakesh you spoke about temp- temporary structures yeah you have to use hostels yeah but if you look at uh, if you look at say the commonwealth games village and asian games village they have become like permanent and they have become like housing uh, added added to the housing stock and that is a very small number if you if you look at if you look at the if you look at the magnitude of the commonwealth games you could just put them all together in one and that was the end of it but for the suppose suppose tomorrow india is going i mean if you know new delhi happens to be the host for example here you have the existing infrastructure plus a lot needs to be added now what you're going to do is if you're going to have a games village a games village 11 years 13 years from now you need to have that kind of space to accommodate 20000 people there that's the we are only talking about the games village then there's something called the press village that's a media village so these two with mean exactly what you are making things for 40000 people 40000 residents for those 17 days plus the support staff people who are working there so we are looking at huge investment in terms of uh, you know like real estate there but where are you going to have it because you can't just keep on building it for 40000 people just for 17 days so what 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 a lot of people do is they say we, we have to have the games village you can't you can't you can't afford to say that okay we can we can put them at two different venues no you can't do that so you have you will have to build 40000 but where 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 do you have the space so that is what the this uh, this committee of the ioc comes in says that how well have you accommodated these people it is you can't put the athletes in the hotels hotels is meant for tourists so when you are you have to have a games village you have to have a media village so these are like these are constants it, i mean this kind of spending has to be made but how far is it from the venues that is what we are going to see here luckily commonwealth games we we could have it i mean the common games village the kind of venue and you know the kind of controversy which actually is surrounded it but the point is when it comes to olympic games the the scale and the magnitude is far bigger than what a commonwealth games was right i mean i was also i mean speaking of uh, all this accommodation guarantees that you mentioned rakesh i was just thinking about the world cup uh, we are hosting now and and some of these guarantees i understand also extend to you know a provision for transportation and visas i mean we we sort of we made uh, some of the teams in the world cup wait for the visas we didn't release the tickets earlier i think these kinds of things uh, wouldn't really work when you're hosting the olympics right i mean at a far higher level of uh, a professionalism might be expected and in this context i wanted your thoughts on 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 the level of sports governance in the country we've seen so far now the various federations each of them have had different controversies do you think our sports federations are uh, up to scratch 
for the level of professionalism that would be required or is there a long way to go you know what when you are talking about the olympic games the national sports federations have a very small role to play because the the governing body of the sport just comes and takes over it has it has very little to do with how we run sports in our country i mean you know those guys will will just be very they'll be small fries it is only the indian olympic committee which will have a major say and uh, the you know the governing body of different sports like table tennis badminton and so on and so forth athletics they are the ones who could take over charge the you know the officiating it and you mean the international governing body international yeah 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 the governing body of the sport in the world they take over so 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 we don't have to bother about how well or how good our governance is within the within the border of our country you don't have to bother but the point is it is it is run very different because because the officials are are actually appointed by their caliber it is not that the host association can just say that we want x number the governing body of the sport decides how many officials from the host host associations and how many from various country depending purely on competence so that is a different level so when it comes to the administration part of it we don't have to think about it because it's ioc sport india is only hosting it it is like the cricket world cup it's an icc event so the first point of i mean if anything is going wrong if you approach the icc that is the right way to go about it you can't really point a finger at the bcci and say this is not working it is the ioc which can tell the host india's job is to host the games on behalf of the icc it is not a bcci event so similarly it is not the ioas event so the ioc takes over and they will be in complete charge right i mean i mean well, that's a, that's a, the, theoretically it's a very good uh, parallel racket but in reality many people would have an argument with whether it's a bcci world cup or an icc world cup but anyway that's a different uh, debate uh, coming to uh, a, one final question before i let you go uh, rakesh uh now is the question of you know medaling ability you know india has won seven medals uh in the last olympics and overall 35 olympic medals since the beginning since 1896 let us say so is there some sort of basic minimum medaling ability that is expected if you're going to host the olympics because i mean uh, for instance when I, i i read somewhere that greece had won just some i think six or seven medals of his three were gold when it hosted when athens hosted the 2004 olympics and and then uh, during that olympic olympic games they won some 13 medals which was their peak so i was just wondering uh, it would also be embarrassing to have an event of this magnitude in india where uh, you know indian athletes are not uh, competing in the final stages so uh, what kind of medal how, how can we make sure that india has a, a good medaling ability in the in the olympics if it's going to host see the only thing is that you need to you need to first educate our people that look when it comes to world championships or world events or world beaters indians have very few let's face the facts asian games is at a different level commonwealth games is again at a very different level but olympics is 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 what every athlete worth his salt would like to win it's not the world championship everybody is remembered more as being an olympic olympic medalist you know a lot of people would trade their world crown for a olympic medal now that is how big it is so we have to tell our people beforehand don't expect apki bar you know soccer bar it can't happen we are we are looking at olympic games where the best deserve their best that is how how tough it can get 
So if we can improve a certain number, let's see how we do in uh, Paris and then, you know, at you know, Los Angeles, Brisbane. That's how we need to look at ourselves and we need to take a very hard look at it, knowing where we stand. We are not a sporting superpower, let's face it. Even if we improve upon our previous numbers and give our best. Now, if in 1336, assuming that India gets the games, that is the first and the foremost thing. If we get the games and we perform at and we give our best performance ever, I think that should be it. Even if it is an improvement of, say, one gold medal. At least you have something to show. A lot of people are going to criticize this. As where was the need to spend so much of it? But then being an Olympic host gives you a lot which can't be quantified in terms of, you know, real returns in terms of cash or whatever. What have you got? You're an Olymp- you're, if, when you host the Olympic Games, the world looks at you. And that is the time to project what you are as a nation, you know, as a character, as a structure, as everything. I mean, as a force. There are so many layers to it. So Olympic Games is not just spending X billion dollars and getting the games and just hosting it and forgetting about it. Of course, nobody wants to you know, suffer losses and then your taxpayers are you know, burdened more in the year, say, you know, 20, 37, 38 uh, you know, year and so on and so forth. You can't do that. But the point is, if you if you're looking at Olympic Games and sheer numbers, how many medals you win, I don't think that will be that will be something which which we can ensure. We can only say that, okay, when we got the games, we were here and then we have worked pretty hard. And of course, from the moment you get the games, the priority for sports in this country, every subsequent annual budget should see focus on sports. Now, budget means only you are only increasing the allocation. But we also look at quality training, quality competition at home, the also the also the ability to to actually administer the sport, the governance part of it. So you are improving everywhere, and a lot of it won't be seen. You know, a lot of it is actually invisible. The improvement is invisible. But the point is that your athletes are getting better. Your your officials are getting better. You are exposed to a very different world during the run up to the games. So so the games are multifold, manifold actually. So we can't just look at the number of medals and say, oh my God, we spent X billion dollars and we have increased our tally by X number of medals. No, that is not the way to look at it. Right. Uh, Rakesh, I mean, you mentioned uh, just now, you know, we also need to focus on uh, quality competitions at home and and the importance of uh, the intangibles, you know, which come with hosting the Olympic Games. I was just wondering, looking at the figures, we have not been hosting our national games regularly, have we? I mean, what is the what is the, what is the matter with hosting the national? That games? is the funniest part of it, uh, Sampat. I think two. Con- see these games when they I think first started way back in 1985. The idea was to host it every year, and the whole idea behind national games was to help states build infrastructure. Okay, that was the need of the hour just after the Olymp- uh, just after we hosted the Asian Games way back in 1982. So there was this idea of national games in 85. I think the next edition was held in Kerala, 89. And uh, and so on and so forth. But, the, I mean, every game that you see has been postponed a good number of times. The only time we had games as per schedule, I mean, that is uh, a postponed national games way back in 2001 was held in uh, Punjab. And then in the year 2002, somewhere in Andhra. That was Andhra, Hyderabad, you know, the, the Telangana and Andhra put together. At that time, it was it was just Andhra Pradesh. So, that was the only year when it was held consecutively. Now, now this year, in 2023, we are seeing in two consecutive years, 
2022 in Gujarat and 2023 here. So to answer your question, it, it gives you an idea. It took us close to 20 years or rather exactly 20 years to get games hosted consecutively for two weeks. Now, if you look at Goa, where the game started yesterday, yesterday it was inaugurated. Can you imagine that that game was originally scheduled to be held in 2016? So what is the reason for the delay? Why are we struggling to the post postponement? Why did they postpone it? See, the reason is the states. No, no, the states don't have enough to spend on infrastructure. They believe that, okay, we can host the games and so on and so forth. But for some reason or the other, the funds get diverted from the sports thing, whatever is meant for to build infrastructure or this thing, or some natural calamity or something or the other. Every postponement, you'll, you'll, you'll be given a reason. But within the sporting fraternity, it is a given that once a national games is allotted to a country for a particular year, it won't be held that year. I mean, people are so sure because because the postponement is a constant. That's not a very encouraging sign when you're when you're when you sort of girding your loins to spend so much for the Olympics. Absolutely, absolutely. I, that is why national games for the for the people taking part, everybody wants to take part in national games for one simple reason because this the you know all the states reward them those who come up with something a medalist from every state gets state state rewards cash incentive there is so much to it not so much for a national championship national games you get good amount of you know money that's why people come and they take part in this now a lot of people who are taking who are going to be in the paris games will just squeeze out some 3 days to come to national games take part in their event and go because the field the fields are small it is not that every 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 state can take part in every sport. No, it doesn't work that way. For example, the quarterfinals of the national championship, that means eight teams or eight players are allowed and so on and so forth because you have to keep the numbers in check. You can't have all games taking part. And I mean, it's like having, uh, you know, more than um, 43 national championships in 15 days. No, you can't actually have it. It will be, be too much for the organizers. So you you shrink the field, you make it smaller, but then of course the cash incentive is the one that makes the players happy. Right. One final uh, quick uh, thought from you, Rakesh. I mean, you you sort of you we discussed this entire uh, scene with the national games. There's a larger question of building sporting infrastructure in different states, a sporting culture, and then there is also the big picture question about. Unlike many other countries which have hosted the games, such as you know, London, which has hosted it maybe more than twice, and other countries, India is still a poor country. I mean, we, we have a high poverty level, there is hunger and malnutrition issue. So, is, 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 is there a case to be made for maybe uh, hosting the Olympic Games a little later once we are stronger, you know, overall in sports, in economics, and so on, you know, rather than spending uh, so much of our resources on hosting a, specta- a spectacle, a sporting spectacle, Maybe spend a little bit more on making our athletes stronger, uh, fitter, healthier. You know, the population general baseline health of the population should be maybe healthier before we can aspire to host an Olympics. Is there a case to be made for this argument, so to speak? Uh, not exactly. I mean, I can, I can, I can always give you the other side of it that the games are not going to be held tomorrow. We are, we, we are looking 13 years ahead. That's almost half a half a generation ahead. That means people who are now at the peak will not be around. So you are going to have new sets of champions, new names which you haven't heard in 2023 are going to take part in 20, in, in, in 2036. 
So these 13 years, if you are really keen on winning the bid, because you're going to win the bid much earlier, you start working towards it. See, we have always felt that, I mean, right from 1947, ever since we got the independence, the whole focus on every subsequent five-year plan was, you know, poverty, uh, you know, that was the major, major problem. And rightly so. We, we worked towards Roti Kapra or Matan. Very simple. We wanted to give people, you know, housing and food and shelter. But in all these years, we are still struggling to give clean drinking water to the last person living here in this country. You know, the, I mean, the lowest common denominator. If you go to Rajasthan, even, even today, you find women waking up early in the morning, walking four miles, five miles to fetch portable water. So in a country like that, where we have priorities, we cannot be spending so much on infrastructure. Yes, that has been the tale all through. But I think in recent years, what we have seen is the government has decided to to, to use sports as a medium to make this country a healthier country. That's why you have the, you know, you have so many schemes which were not there earlier. So right from, say, you know, the Kelo India scheme and the top scheme for those who are already established. So, so certainly the sportsmen of this country feel that, look, there is a career to be made. There is, there is enough financial returns for us to make a living and so on and so forth. So... This is this is a this is a new India when it comes to this sporting fraternity. The parents think differently, and that is where I'm saying 13 years from now, when you see that India taking over, and with with you know with renewed uh, emphasis on sports as priority beyond food, shelter, and you know uh, clothing and stuff like that. The, the day sports becomes a priority, then we can move from being a cricket-loving country to a sports-loving country. And then what you're saying, that will hold good that, yes, now are we ready for it? Because the question, what you're asking today, seems absolutely rational and very, very correct. But then if you're looking at 2020, 36, just close your eyes and visualize how we are going to be as a sporting nation. If we take the right steps, maybe we will see our best ever performance as the host, like we saw in 2010. When we hosted the Commonwealth Games, we touched the number 100 plus. So now that particular number we have not, we, we haven't achieved before or after 2010. So maybe 2036, if we host the Games, probably we'll see our best. And for that, we have a lot of years to prepare. And also at the same time, educate our people as to what these Olympic Games are all about. Right. Thank you so much, uh, Rakesh. That was a very positive uh, take as well as a very persuasive take on on going for it in terms of you know bidding for the 2036 Olympics. I mean, really appreciate both your points. One, you mentioned that we are actually thinking half a generation ahead, which is reasonable time to develop a, an entirely new set of athletes and champions. And secondly, uh, using sports as a medium for a healthier India, that is also a very strong point to make. Thank you so much. Appreciate your insights and observations on this very important uh, subject. Thank you so much, Rakesh. Pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much, Sampath. I mean, it has always been a pleasure. And it's also this particular show of yours from time to time gives me an opportunity to, you know, to, to look at the, to look at the rear view mirror and uh, to see how we, how we have come in all these years in, in the field of sports. The entire journey, as I, you know, like look back um, at all these aspects. That's also a education for me and it's like going through a refresher's course. So thank you so much, Sampath, for having me on the show. Thank you. Thank you, Rakesh. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. 
just search for in focus by the hindu we'll see you soon